Hello again, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. It is Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we help you in your journey to head back to the window. We have a special guest with us today. You know him, you love him. He's over there on Just Parlays with Chris King. It's the one and only Jim Williams. What's up, Jimmy? Well, not too much. It's been a crazy weekend. How about the? Uh, how about what went on over the weekend with uh, the NFL? I mean, uh, who would have thunk it, right? Yeah. Who would have thought that uh, we were going to have that kind of crazy um, in Kansas City, and frankly, that kind of ugly but still crazy in uh, Los Angeles. Two number four seeds going to uh, face off in the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Yeah, so. since they started seeding it. And I know you're a Tampa guy, so we, uh, as a Chiefs fan, we just delayed the disappointment for one week from you. So, fair enough. Ugly, I mean, you know, ugly. It, um, it was an ugly. It was an ugly game. Uh, but that's, I mean, if you're Cincinnati and if you're, uh, you know, if you're down there and, uh, uh, you know, with the 49ers, that's the kind of games you want to play. Yep, and uh, the you know, the Rams found a way to get by and uh, and get into the the Super Bowl. So there you go, boys and girls. Right? Well, Tart Tart dropping the interception was huge for, for the Niners. That was just yeah. absolutely it was right there. Um, okay. quick reminder, guys, and I know it. We've talked a little bit about it in the past. A lot of stuff going on in the sports betting market. It seems like it seems like when New York opened. All the offers just kind of uh, just kind of accelerated. So we're going to do we're going to talk about this here real quick, and uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated on all the offers that we've got going on. So the first one you see there is TriBet MGM. We've talked about MGM in the past. Scott and I fell in love with them over baseball season. They have some of the friendliest numbers around, so definitely check those out. Uh, for new customers only, MGM is offering you a thousand dollar risk free bet. Hit the state you're in, hit register, enter and verify personal information, of course, and enter the promo code. This is important. Video winners when required. So make sure you got that in there. Video winners, all one word. And, of course, Reed offers a TNC terms and conditions for setting up your account. Finish the process. Set up your new sportsbook account. Make a deposit of at least $10. At least $10, as they say in O oh Brother Wherefore Art Thou. And uh, put your first real money wager on any sport market you would like to do. And, uh, yeah, if you win, you win. If you lose, you get it back. What could be an easier deal? Maximum amount, like I said, $1,000. Be credited to your account within 24 hours, and the bet will expire seven days after being issued to your account and cannot be withdrawn for real cash. And, of course, um, this is a uh, the, uh, link is in the show box, so make sure you check that. We've got all the links down there in the show box in the description of the video, so make sure you check it out. Of course, you must be 21. Available in some of our very favorite states, Arizona, New Jersey, New York, Indiana, Colorado, Tennessee, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., and Wyoming, of course, always wager wisely. And I know what you're saying. What if I'm in New York or Louisiana? Well, there you go. In New York, in Louisiana, they'll match up to $1,500 when you put in 50 bucks or more. The video, and this is, this is for Caesars, by the way. This is not uh, MGM. And you put in the code VIDEOWINNERS, 
CZR is kind of the, uh, I believe that's the stock, I believe that's the stock symbol for Caesars. I'm not positive, but I think it is. And uh, of course, there's the website as well. If you want to do a screen capture of that. And all other states, it's 1,001 matched. So check out your locations in the box. And finally, for all you uh, coon asses down there in Louisiana, aye, Bet Rivers. Going to give you a bonus match up to 250 with your first deposit in using their app. So there you go. I think that uh, I think that about covers it. So make sure you take advantage of those offers indeed. Um, Scott, got a couple of uh, comments here to get started. James S. on Colorado, Notre Dame tonight. I like Notre Dame. I don't know about Colorado. They are just too inconsistent for me. David Good, uh, something about... Up, right up your alley, Scott. He wants to, uh, wants to know if you would consider doing a tennis betting tutorial. I guess touching on like uh, laying the sets, and going the overs and unders with the games involved, and uh, everything and everything there. So, and then J.C. Stone says uh, talking about uh, tennis is one of the easiest ways to make money. So there you go. And so that's got I'm sure that's got David even more excited. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we could we could definitely do. That. Hey, hey, the Dominators here. What's up, David? Uh, David Hess in the house. David's been hotter than hell lately on his picks. So make sure you check those out. David Good, speaking for a lot of us with the Super Bowl. I said, I, ho- I hope both teams lose. Um, um, oh, uh, since we have just Parley's member, can we address the bet stealing? We kind of did, Zach. It was all it was all kind of in good fun. Um, we, we will never take the Islanders again. Sorry, Chris and Jim. It'll it'll never happen again. Uh, Tucson in the house, still warm out there. I'm assuming Dave James Mounts here. The big X is here, and David says, "Go Irish!" Yeah, Hess, I know you're a, I know you're a, a Golden Domer. CSU at Wyoming, Scott. You and I talked about that briefly for the farm. You want to, uh, you want to talk about the Wyoming Cowboys? Two very good teams there in the in the uh, Mountain West, and this is kind of one of those huge games in reg in the regular season that could determine who pulls down that uh, second or third spot there in the Mountain West. You got any feelings on this one? Well, we talked about it on the live stream yesterday when we were talking about the best uh, teams in college basketball or the best conferences in college basketball. And, of course, the Mountain West is not going to be one, two, or three, or hell, even five on that list. But they are an underrated conference as a whole. Boise, 17-4. and four, Wyoming, 16-3. and three, Colorado State, 16-2. and two. Oh, and by the way, San Diego State, pretty good as well. And they're 11-5. and five. They got a lot of good teams in the conference. And I think if you want to look at the current form of both teams. Colorado State's been playing well. They have won five of their last six, but Wyoming has also been really good because they're five and one in conference play. And if you go down the line recently, that a very nice buzzer beater win against Air Force. I know Air Force isn't a great team, but at home, that team is pretty good. Tough team at home. But Wyoming, yep. but Wyoming has won seven of their last eight. They're playing good ball. It seems like a spot where the question is, do I really want to lay one and a half with Colorado on the road following a 14-point home loss to UNLV? And I'm going to say no. So I think it's Wyoming or pass for me. Yeah, that, that, the UNLV game, that, that's that's a bad look because that that team is not good at all. Jimmy, got any thoughts on this one? Well, I like you guys, I've been a big fan of Colorado State. I thought they've done some pretty amazing stuff. And um, Wyoming, too. Uh, if I had to make a bet, uh, I would go for Colorado State. But where, where they're playing, 
it's, 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 it's in, it's in oh, Laramie. Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's What's why the, I have a hard time. How many, yeah. No, I'd stick, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't go. Yeah. I would, it's, if I, it's, too, it's, it's a toss up basically. If I was going to play anything there, I'd probably look at the total of the under. Yeah. Uh, That's all I'm looking for. Two teams that really play good defense. The the game against UNLV, I think you've got to just toss that out because other yeah. than that, CSU is one of the top teams in the country in free throw shooting. Yep. Oh, they're and yeah, very good from the line as well. That's um, you know, so they they're gonna give you trouble in close games, but I don't know. I I think I'd have to stay away from that. Yeah, they shoot seventy nine point one percent from the line as a team. That ain't that yeah. ain't too shabby at all. No. So no. Uh, what else we got people asking about? Um, people got beat by one guy in that UNLV game. Brad Crawford checking in says it's uh, been a little late. He's got the Chiefs hangover mode. Uh, anything to help me uh, overcome the loss of being a Chiefs fan? Yeah, I get that, dude. It's drinking. Uh, drinking. Uh-huh. You know, uh, we talked about it yesterday. Having the the last two years of success has re- has really kind of helped to temper some of the disappointment. Um, I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready for baseball. Sixty days to opening. What do you think the chances are that we have an opening? Eighty percent. Okay. I think they. I so think they get it together. Eighty percent that we're going to have it at all, or eighty percent we're going to have it on time. Eighty percent on time. Okay. Hundred percent they have a season. I. I think yeah. we were talking about this before the show, Jim. Yeah. I don't think that after losing the revenue that they did in twenty twenty, the owners can take can afford to take another year off. No, I, not I don't think the players can either. No, no, they've got to get it worked out. So, uh, but I think the base situation right now would be spring training yeah i feel like that's the point i think that they're going to have a season pretty much regular starting time mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if they start maybe a week or two behind for when pitchers and catchers start to report for example I yeah if you remember in, in 94 after that situation yeah um justice the judge in the case is 95 was uh um now justice so sonia sotomayor and uh, she ordered it, the work stoppage to end, and uh, they missed the first couple. Uh, I think it was the first week or two of of, of uh, spring training. You know, that's kind of the way you figure it's going to go. Sometime in March, they'll get this thing done if they want to open in April. Right, and that was and that was after punting. That was after punting the World Series in '93, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still hadn't worked it out by '94. I, I remember that. I forgot. I forgot '94 was in danger too. And oh, I was yeah. I was talking to Scott, and we'll get to you guys' comments here in just a second. Oh, thanks, Bill. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, we had we had fun doing the broadcast, but um, we we talked about that a little bit about how some so much of the ownership has changed. Either the owners have obviously died off; they've sold their teams, mm-hmm. so there may not be as many guys around that remember how many people absolutely just quit baseball after '93 after they after they missed the World Series. They just, a lot. they just said, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. I'm done with baseball. And, and and some of them never came back. So I don't think baseball is in a strong enough position to start bleeding fans away and losing TV deals. Well, no, and, and they, you know, they're not they're just they're just kind of getting stuff back. They're kind of getting some right. of these fans back. And you know, you've got some really outstanding young players. I mean, you know, there's there's so many good reasons not to screw this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the irony is that for the most part of the time, I'm not, that I'm not this here. Has been going, you've been getting, um, you know, it's been Fred Manfra, who's been the guy who's, uh, you know, or not Fred, um, Rob, Bob, Rob, Manfra. Rob, Manfra. Yeah. Rob has been the guy who's been the one who's uh, done a wonderful job of, um, of getting it straight. Right. Right. But, uh, this time, not so much. Uh, you know, the, 
I think they'll figure it out, but I think it's going to take them a little time. And I think the owners are trying to get back a lot of the money that they lost. And uh, the players are like, well, that's cool, but, you know, we still have to be in there because they want some sort of revenue share deal. And, you know, right now, um, you know, they're, they're, I think both sides are, want to get the deal done, but, you know, they're also not going to budge a lot. Yeah, so it'll, it's kind we'll of it's kind of be interesting to see who blinks. David Good down there in Tucson said players often come out to Arizona mid-January. I think they're showing up now, but not so public. That's interesting that the players. Well, a lot of those. I mean, a lot of those guys live down there, or in the same case in Florida. So you're going to have a lot of guys, you know, in Florida, you know, just practicing. I think it's also a matter of, of course, since you're assuming even with the lockout potential, et cetera, most likely a deal will get done at some point. So you don't want to mess up your entire off-season right. routine. So I do think that even if it's supposed to be on the private, that you're not actually going to practice and going to whatever. I mean, it is your job. You're getting paid millions of dollars for it. If you think that there's really not much of a chance that the season will be canceled, then you should just stick to your normal routine. So that doesn't exactly surprise me that they're going to a warmer climate to throw mm-hmm. some pitch. Yeah, I agree. Well, they use, a lot of these guys work out anyway together yeah. in the off season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and by the way, one of the, one of the fun parts of this is both in Florida, as well as in Arizona, IMG has a sports Academy. So not it's surprising possible that, that some of these guys are going to go and go, all right, cool. Let's, uh, well, let's do the IMG thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, you know, part of it too. Scott no- so, Scott Nowak talking about yesterday took a beat on the games. Uh, the only bright spot was his burrow over eight and a half rushing yards and Tyreek over 76. Yeah, nicely done. I there. think the football games besides the Chiefs and the over, I think I pretty much cleaned house. Uh, the props, I think all won. Uh, even the live prop of Garoppolo interception at like plus 175. Right. Third quarter, that also cashed. Yep. So, yeah, okay. the props Speaking were good. Props, are the props out for the Super Bowl yet? When do they usually come out? Uh, Later in the, usually about a week out, you'll start seeing them. And now Mm -hmm. it could be like, it could be like everybody now with competition, they're coming out earlier and earlier. So I'm having Rachel do the deep dive there. David Good, my KC guy, talking about uh, Bobby Witt Jr. coming. He's going to be good. He's going to be very good. Keep an eye on this Royals team. I keep telling you guys, they got young arms and they've got some boppers. So. They are. Uh, we're look. I'm looking for them to maybe be 500 this year. I, I would uh, uh, put their win total somewhere between 79 and 84. And then I, I see think, props. By the way, I think in 23 the they compete for the championship. Got props, buddy. Yeah. Nice. Uh, any specific uh, thing you want to know, or am I just reading them off? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What? What? Uh, what? What grabs your attention? Oh, um, anything, any, I have to any do a first, bigger deep dive. First glance, first, I know. Yeah, first glance, I am looking at Stafford. His passing yards is um, currently set at 278.5. That seems a bit low to me okay. because I do think that Stafford, based on how they've played up to this point in the playoffs, they've been willing to let him air it out. You saw what he did against Tampa Bay, what he did yesterday against the 49ers. It does seem like Stafford has really just gelled well, of course, with Cup. That's obvious. But even with Odell at 100-plus yards for the first time since 2018, I do think they have a lot of weapons out there, which is obvious. But I have questions if Cincinnati can fully contain all of them. 
I doubt it. So I do think that if you're looking at a Stafford passing yard situation, yeah, 178 and a half for a dome game does sound pretty light. I expect over money to come in. I think he'll probably push around 300. You? Yeah, I think that's that sounds solid. I'm uh, I'm, I'm just laughing to hear Magellan Sports puts in Stafford interception. <laughs> it's never too early to get down on the fucking Stafford interception prop. Uh, you've hit one in a row, Scott. Are you ready to rock and roll now? It- uh, potentially. Truth is, I'm actually tempted by Burrow interception in the Super Bowl just because I know the Chiefs only recorded, I believe it was one sack in the game. Yep. They should have had about five. Yep. But we saw a couple of scrambles there by Burrow. Yep. <laughs> That's going to be the main talking point that you're going to have leading up to the Super Bowl and why a lot of people are going to take the Rams. It's because with Aaron Donald up front, Von Miller, everybody like that, can Cincinnati's offensive line hold up? Most people say no. I do think that you will see Burrow be rushed in the pocket. We know the Rams are opportunistic on defense. I do think Burrow's going to throw a pick. I think he's a great player, but I do think that even we saw in the Kansas City game, he threw a pick, could have been two. The other one went through the Chiefs guy's hands. But when he gets pressured, he occasionally forces some passes. And I do think that whatever the price is, if Burrow's going to be minus 110 or plus money to throw a pick, I don't mind really betting on both quarterbacks to throw an interception. We need to work on this snap portion of your snap cap. I wasn't a snap cap. You asked me games that I didn't look at the props yet for, and it's your fault. <laughs> As always, it all comes back to me. Jim, any early thoughts on the Super Bowl? Who you like? Any prop? Well, I like the I like the Rams. I do. Um, I think that, um, but you know, Scott brings up a good point. The Rams, um, you know, are weak in the back, but I think if they can get pressure on Burrow, I mean, he was sacked, you know, nine times against the Tennessee defense that doesn't have a front four that, or the front seven, for that matter, that the Rams have. So early on, I, I like that. And the idea of both guys throwing interceptions, I think the, I think Scott's on point with that too. Well, Burrow's so, been great, but you got to remember against Tennessee and Kansas City, yeah. he's thrown interception. So it's not right. like he's playing completely – I'd no, say he's not playing the free football. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So he, he has been taking some chances, which you want to see, mm-hmm. because, of course, when you have Chase and that receiving core, you're going to air it around. But right. the fact that he's throwing a pick in back-to-back playoff games, despite the great run this team is currently on, mm-hmm. I do think is pretty telling that whatever Burrow's price is to throw a pick might be underpriced. Zod- yeah. Zodwick's not worried. He's a Cincy guy. He says he's got a nice Cuban waiting for him if he wins. Um to me, when I hear he's got a nice Cuban waiting for him, I either think of like uh, a hooker or I think of a sandwich that has pork, ham, dill pickles, and uh, Swiss cheese on it. Are those all mutually exclusive? or No. Can you overlap? No, you could. Okay. I think you could do all three. I think you could find you a, a nice Cuban yeah. lady. You could have a Cuban sandwich, finish it off with a Cuban cigar. It's it's all Cubano night. So And basically all that done in, in the um... – the invention of the Cuban sandwich in Ybor City in Tampa. Is that where, right? Yeah, it's where uh, the Cuban factory workers used to make cigars. Oh, nice! Hey, real, and, real quick. Hey, David, good luck, buddy. Thanks for stopping. Thanks for stopping by. Hope everything goes well. We'll see you tomorrow. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. No, I was just saying that. Uh, so basically, you know, it's a it's a fun situation, and and yeah, you know, I was thinking maybe he's got Gloria Estefan waiting for him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> 
Come and think about it. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. No, it's it's uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, it'll be a good Super Bowl. It's uh, you know, after all those years of nobody playing in uh, you know at home in the Super Bowl, we get back to two back in a row. You know. Two in a row. Great. I really don't Crazy. have any rooting interest, though, because I'm I guess I'm rooting for the Bengals just because of the underdog story. I like Burrow. Mm -hmm. I also like the Stafford story. So it's mm -hmm. one of those rare Super Bowls yeah. where I really am kind of rooting for both teams in a way because I don't have anything against either team. Right. If that makes sense. Yep. yep. Yeah, it does. And, and uh, you know, there there's compelling storylines, Scott, in both of them, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got um, you've got the you know, all those years in in exile in Detroit for, uh, you know, for Matt Stafford, you've got uh, that whole situation with Joe Burrow and the young, uh, you know, the young team in, in Cincinnati that just keeps winning despite the fact that mm -hmm. nobody ever thinks they're going to win. So, yeah, you've got, it's kind of funny because you almost have two underdogs playing. Yeah, you really yeah, do. I, you, you do. I, I feel like if I had to look at the spread now, I'd probably lean Cincy just because I do think this game's going to be close. And the Rams, even though they're, of course, in the Super Bowl, they've done enough. They really have not done a great job at limiting the self-inflicted wounds, whether it involves interceptions, turnover on downs, really conservative play calling in the second half. Now, they got away with it because Shanahan was even more conservative in the second half, and he pretty much blew the game for San Francisco when they punted on fourth and two at plus territory. But mm -hmm. I do think that the, the Bengals make enough adjustments, it seems like at halftime, to at least hang around in most games. This game has a field goal vibe to me, kind of like how yeah. the Rams 49ers did last game. So I'm going to go with the Bengals plus the points. Four seems a bit much to me. If it was Rams two and a half, I'd probably consider the Rams. Look, but at four, really I money, like where do you think pass. it's going to end up if it's four right now? You think it's going to end up at three or two? Truth is, is no. It, it won't go through I, I, three. It might It might get to three and a half. If I had to guess, I'd say it's going to close at three and a half or four because I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of Sharps yeah. or even just the public are going to pick the Rams because on paper, they have the better mm -hmm. roster. And Cincinnati's offensive line it gives PTSD to half the better. So mm -hmm. I I'm think gonna... you'll see people support the Rams. I'm just not doubting Burrow plus the points. I feel like they're a bit undervalued. I'm going to address a couple things here, and then we'll uh, we'll do our segments real quick. Somebody asked about Buffalo plus 750 to win the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, if you like that, you're never going to get a better prize. That price is going nowhere but down, So, I, and I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, and then, I, have to, I have to pass. Uh, IC said, uh, bold statement, Mahomes never wins another Super Bowl. I'll tell you what. If he does, the path is going to be a lot more difficult than it was this year. They they, they they missed a golden opportunity. Scott, you and I talked about it before the show. Once again, the number one seed ends up falling in their lap as Tennessee loses and they get to play at home all the way through the playoffs and piss it away. So against the team that I think – I think I, I don't think under the best of circumstances you can say Cincinnati is as good as Kansas City right now, uh, but the better team doesn't always win. Sometimes the better team shoots themselves in the foot as the Chiefs did yesterday. So – Hey, let's talk about some other things that went on, guys. Let's uh, let's get to it as we as we do here. Start the Monday edition with the people that took it in the shorts. You know who you are. Um, there's a few of us out there. There really are in the uh, Monday edition of Call the Cops. All right, pull that offense over, Chiefs. Jesus. Uh, hey, speaking of that game, if you had Joe Mixon under 60 and a half rushing yards, if you were playing. Uh, my player prop parlay with us there that I had as my play of the day. 
Well, he had 60 yards at the end of regulation. He kept going backwards, but he ended up with 60. You're like, oh, that's good. Oh, no. Uh, certainly they're going to give him the ball. Yeah, they gave him the ball a lot in overtime, including a questionable fumble. He ended up finishing with 88 rushing yards. That's 60 and a half. is just a memory. If you have the under there, call the cops. And if you had Jimmy G under half an interception, at a, I think it was plus 115. He had zero picks with less than two minutes to go. Let's go. He's trying to, he's trying to avoid a sack. You see him scrambling. Can I interest you in a backwards half shuffle pa- a shovel pass while he's falling to the floor? Intercepted. You lose the bet. And it bounced. Remember, it bounced off the, um, the 49er. Got it uh, and right in the hands. Yeah, hit him right in the hands, too. But yep. Garoppolo running backwards, throwing a prone Mahomes-like backwards pass. That's not hey, what you're Frisbee. looking for. I, yeah. I, I give Jimmy G zero blame for that. That was a spectacularly athletic play. Backhand falling to the ground, hit the guy right in the hands. He yeah. just wasn't expecting. It was like, it looks like a center that was catching a pass in the lane that he just right. didn't expect it coming. Anyway, I'm not blaming Garoppolo for that play. I'm just acknowledging that even if it was completed, it would have been fourth and twenty-five. But either mm-hmm. way, it's an interception. And if you had T. Higgins in the Chiefs-Bengals game, you might notice that T. Higgins spent a good deal of time matched up. With uh, young Nick Bolton, which is exactly what you want. Uh, T. Higgins going against a linebacker. If Well, at least we shut Chase down, so there's that. Anyway, uh, if you had him oh, under five and a half receptions, yeah, you did a good job. He had four receptions. They got some yards, but he had four receptions at the end of regulations. Hey, before I leave, I gotta, let me ask uh, Scott Rochelle one quick question, if you don't mind. Um, did you see the uh, Australian Open final? I watched so, the entire thing. Okay. Was that was the was what Nadal did one of the most amazing things you've seen in tennis in years? I had money on on Medvedev, so <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, it it was. Uh, considering the fact that I followed tennis for a long time, right? It was pound for pound the greatest comeback win I've ever seen in tennis, right. and I've seen a lot of matches like that's an all timer where right. I lost money, but if I was viewing it from an unbiased perspective, right. it's potentially the greatest comeback in the history of the sport yeah it was wild five hours they was down two sets yeah and came back and won 21 nuts medvedev was rolling in that match for about mm-hmm. the first 90 minutes and he'll he, then nadal was serving for the second set got broken lost in the breaker i thought he was dead to rights i, I right. thought it was over i thought he was going to lose in three because he gave everything he had in that second and i thought that mm-hmm. mentally it would just wear him down props to nadal because yeah. he really just buckled down, and Medvedev started having some leg issues, but Nadal, it was phenomenal. Great job by him. Thanks. Hey, boys, have a great show. I'll sneak out here. Thanks for stopping hey, by, Jim. Jim. And don't oh, forget to check out Jim right here on the Winners and Winners Sports Betting Network as he does his show with his pal Chris King every day, yeah. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 Central. Just parlays. We, we, but they we, do. we are the lead-in to the, to the epic program that is... In a, well, in in network Back TV, in. we'd be we'd be actually sitting in the rocking chair, Jim. We we'd have that bottom out of the half hour where yeah, we got somebody's the, got somebody's got to lead into it, boss. So we'll do our best. All right, buddy. We we appreciate have it. We'll, we'll talk at you guys later. Thanks a lot, Jim. Bye. All right, there he goes, Jim Williams. Everybody, good dude. Good dude knows his sports too. Anyway, so if you had T Higgins, you know what happened. Five and a half uh, had four and four in uh, regulation. Can I interest you? Two catches in overtime. Of course, finishes with six. Call the cops. 
Definitely not a fun time to have player prop unders yeah. in a game that goes to overtime. Not good. Well, you know what? There was some good news. For every for every loser, there must be a winner, Scott. So let's talk about them a little bit. You know who you are. You had that sweet action, never a doubt, as you were sitting in... Where were you sitting, Scott? You are sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was actually my play of the day. Who organizes this thing? Uh, it was Matt Stafford, over half an interception. Threw a pick less than nine minutes into the game. Should have been two. Tart dropped the other one, but it doesn't matter. Point is, if you had Stafford to throw a pick, never in doubt. All right, very good. And if you had uh, Patrick Mahomes, longest completion over 39 and a half yards, first quarter when that offense was rolling, threw a 44-yard pass to Hardman. Perfect pass, hit him right in stride. Beautiful thing. Uh, congratulations. You didn't have to watch the rest of that game. God bless you. I had that prop in the uh Bills game, game against the Bills yeah. and it was 36 and a half I believe for that game mm -hmm. but Mahomes I believe has gone over the longest completion in 11 straight games yep now that doesn't matter anymore because sorry to remind you the Chiefs got eliminated the streak's still alive but the point is that the streak is still alive that's been a pretty solid money maker for the last couple of months but the last one if you had Odell over 54 and a half receiving yards he went over with 10 minutes left in the third quarter, and he finished with 113 yards. Yeah, we talked about Odell having a day. I and, I and I talked about that at the beginning of the game, that I thought that Odell would uh, maybe see some extra passes because they'd be able to stop Cup. Well, I was half right. <laughs> he yeah. saw a lot of passes, but they didn't stop Cup. They just let them both beat him. So, mm -hmm. yeah, not not good at all if you're a, uh, if you're a 49ers fan. They did nada to stop those two guys. Um, all right, so we're... Uh, we're getting close here, so we're just going to do this without a lot of fanfare, Scott. Donkey of the Day. We talked about a little bit of this yesterday with Adam Schefter falsely reporting, jumping the gun there on Saturday about Tom's Brady, Tom Brady's retirement. His dad had to come out and say, fuck, he ain't said nothing yet. So, Shouldn't that, you try to contact the dad if you're going to if you're gonna report that? Or, like or Tom? Source you should go to? Shouldn't you go to somebody? Yeah. Shouldn't yeah. you verify that somewhere? I mean, I know he's got his sources and everything, but... I don't know, and you know he wants to position himself as the as the the insider, the guy that gets all the scoop, like Woj in in the NBA. Um, that's a bad look, buddy. That's a very that's a very very bad look. I mean, I, I feel like most people are going to kind of remember Schefter for this, for better or worse. Especially if Brady does end up playing. Yep. Like if Brady retires a week from now, nobody's going to care. But I feel like if Brady comes back next year. I feel like nobody's going to take Schefter the, seriously the same way again. No. Now, of course, people are still going to follow him. They'll follow some of his stuff. You'll see the memes all over the place on Twitter. People kind of teasing him on Twitter in the comments it'll section. Be but it'll I be do think, Steve Harvey 2.0. But I do think that people are going to, at least when comparing insiders, maybe gravitate more to an Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Because I don't know. If you're going to get one thing right, it has to be the correct retirement announcement of arguably the best player of all time like this is one of the biggest moments in the history of the league right if you're an insider you cannot butcher this nope you can butcher the injury report for a preseason game but not the retirement for potentially the greatest player of all time mm -hmm. that's inexcusable yep and on uh, today's i'm not mad i'm just disappointed um you know what 
I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to drag this out. But I'm playing the fucking. We, we kind of ha- we I, we have to. I'm playing the. I'm playing the. I'm playing the fucking music here. Yeah, that's right. There you go, Chiefs fans. Um, it's it's got it's got to be the Chiefs blowing an 18 point lead in the second half against the Cincinnati Bengals in a home game with perfect weather with the crowd fired up. No excuses. From an external standpoint, everything was going in their favor. And it looks like Mahomes just wasn't the same quarterback after he fucked up the end of the first half. And, you know, he had even admitted that in his news conference. He talked about the fact that uh, he got a little greedy, and those are his words. And, you know, not only did it cost him the three points there, which apparently would have come in handy at the end of the game, um, it kind of sent him into a spiral for the second half. So... Yeah, not good. Not good at all. The Chiefs were running the ball successfully, averaging about six yards a carry. They stopped running the fucking football. I, I didn't understand it. I just it's it's frustrating to watch a team this good being coached at times that poorly. Just so incredibly frustrating. I know that we've had this conversation before about NFL coaches and how there are really a handful that you actually trust late in games. Of course, Belichick's gonna be one because he's won so many of them. I know that Harbaugh lost a couple of games with two-point conversions. I still have him on a very short list of coaches I would trust in the final two minutes, especially when you have a backup quarterback with no secondary. I was fine with them going for two on two separate occasions. I thought that was okay. But Reed is one of the most interesting, I'd say, historical chokers in the history of the sport because he finally got over the hump. He won the Super Bowl with Mahomes. Was it pretty? Absolutely not. They had to come from behind, and you had Shannon on the other side, who was also a really bad choker in the playoffs, which he did once again yesterday. But what are your thoughts on Reed? Because he had so many playoff failures with the Eagles. Then he had a couple with the Chiefs. He got field goal to death by Pittsburgh in that one playoff game. Yep. And then he won a championship, and now you've had another year where his team had a great chance to win and then seemed to completely self-destruct in the second half. So I, I know you don't exactly have coaching power rankings, but do you have to move Reed down after a game like this? Because I feel like you have to have the discussion. Yeah, you do. I He's fixed. He used to be the guy you didn't trust in the last two minutes. And for the most part, he has fixed those problems. I don't know if it's having the enemy with him. I don't know what they've done structurally to fix that. They've had some really nice comebacks in the last two minutes of games. They've used the clock and their timeouts correctly. I have no no beefs with that. What I have a beef with is is inconsistent coaching half to half. And we talked about it in the middle of the season on our NFL show about how the Chiefs' first quarter, first half was just about a lock there for the middle part of the season because those scripted plays were working so well. When they have to make adjustments and call plays on the fly – they seem to go down at least a level or two. So you, there's no question you have to take the bad with the good with Big Red, and you absolutely can't put him on that pantheon of the best coaches of all time despite his record uh, because of the, of the problems and the, and the giveaways like that. Um, Scott, somebody asking about the uh, Boston Celtics tonight, minus 260 against Miami, minus six points. Uh, that has gone up. I believe it was three and a half earlier. Uh, Jimmy Butler's out. There you go. That's what you wanted to know. So Lowry, Lowry still remains out. 
Butler's out, and uh, basically everybody's going to be healthy. PJ Tucker also out. PJ uh, Tucker's also out. Correct. Uh, Boston is only going to be. Uh, they're going to be pretty healthy for the first time in a while. Schroeder's back. Langford's back. So I think the Jimmy Butler being out is is what's caused that line to move like that. Yeah. Uh, somebody likes and plus Miami's off a triple overtime game, so there's also some fatigue in that angle. Also true. Uh, somebody on Duke tonight against Notre Dame. Where you come on the uh, where you come on the Fighting Irish there, Scott? Well, I was going to finish my point on Miami. Okay. Uh, go, yeah. Go ahead. Boston's favored by that much. I still like Miami. I know they're missing a bunch of guys. We've seen that the Heat are still the one seed in the Eastern Conference despite missing Butler for periods of time, Lowry for periods of time, even out of bio for periods of time. This team just finds ways to win games. And Boston is not very good. And I know that they have the talent to win this game handily. They are one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league. So I still like Miami plus the points by missing as many guys as they are just because I really don't trust Boston laying six and a half. It's on principle for me. I know. I know you're you're anti-Boston. Am I wrong? I mean, Boston's burned people a lot of money this year. I know. I know. I, I get it. I get it. And Miami's been able to cover. I, I, I just think it's a bad spot for Miami. Uh, I like the under. I think you're in a good spot for a lower scoring game. I agree. But... James S. What, what did I miss? I was buying weed. <laughs> That's excellent. Elliot Visa's uh, Burrow, number one quarterback draft, going to be winning Super Bowl in second season. It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. We've seen the Rams play some shitty shitty football. Um, I think the Bengals are extremely alive because even in that game yesterday, the Rams, it felt like, outplayed the Niners for about three quarters. Mm-hmm. And they were still trailing by double digits in the fourth quarter. Yep, agreed. Uh, Duke-Notre Dame tonight, buddy. Uh, Notre Dame hot. Sizzling hot, man. 110 of 11. I'm taking the points at home. You gotta kick I mean, them. I don't know how I'm not supposed to take Notre Dame at home. Yep, it's all the uh, Boston owes me so much. Just Jr. Black, yeah. I think they would owe you too if you hadn't gotten off of them. You've you've uh, you you got off the train last year. I, I lost early in the year, and I realized, wait a second, this team stinks. And as soon as I realized that, it's like a light bulb went off in my head, and said, if they're laying a decent amount of points, or even if they're leading going into the fourth quarter, there's a live bet of fade because in the fourth quarter. They are atrocious. Well, they fucked me from both sides. I've tailed, I've tailed them and faded them, and they've done exactly the opposite of what I wanted to do because they have the capability of playing really good basketball. They've got some pieces for, on that. They've for got three, some for three quarters. Um, yeah. no, 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 for four quarters. They've. I'm, I'm telling you, dude. I've faded Boston because obviously, if you hate Boston and you think they suck, then you're going to fade them every time. That doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because they have talent. They're able to jump up and surprise you. So, yeah, you never know. Scott Nowak sums it up. He says, you never know what Celtics team is going to show up. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's not that the Celtics are a bad basketball team. I mean, they're not. They're borderline. They're going to make the playoffs barely. They're not going to be a top four seed. They'll be a playing team. I'm not sure they'll actually get into the bracket, but they will be. They're going to be right on the cusp. Yeah, they're going to be right in that six, seven, eight range. Right right there. I, I totally agree. I think it's just blindly handing me six and a half with Spolstra all day, every day. Yeah, uh, as far as far as as far as this game tonight goes, uh, Notre Dame. I don't like Notre Dame's depth. They only they really only use seven players in the rotation. They don't really have a backup big man. Does Duke have any depth? Well, I mean, they what do they play eight? Kinda. Except I'm sure most people who listen can't name any bench players on the team because 
Of course, Banchero gets most of the reputation. I'm a big Mark Williams guy. Yeah. I think he's very good on the inside. Besides that, I really don't like many of their other players, if any of their other players. Do you like anybody else? I think Moore's okay. Yeah, that's that was I was going to mention Moore. Is uh, that for, it? For me this game, well, I'm just going to tell you, if you've got if you've got an opportunity to bet live and keep an eye on this game because if uh if uh Atkinson picks up a couple of fouls in the first half, I would pound Duke because they they have no answer in the middle. They're going to they they can play small and they can they can play small and try to and try to have the big uh, the big guys from Duke chase them around the perimeter. But I think for the most part, uh, you've got to keep Atkinson out of foul trouble. Well, can uh, true this Williams on Duke can really just walk into 20 and 15 if he wants it. If Duke feeds him enough and actually makes him a primary source of offense in this game where they try to force feed a lob and some post touches, he could really just single-handedly destroy Notre Dame's entire game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's it's certainly possible. Um, I'm still taking Notre Dame, though. Just the home team angle. Uh, Notre Dame especially has been really good at home. But even just Duke watching them play, I know they beat Louisville over the weekend. Louisville got rid of their coach. They're not very good. That game was close for about uh, 35 minutes or so before Duke blew away late. Yeah, they were tied but, They were tied with, what, seven, eight minutes left there in that game? That's what I'm saying. It was close. And then Duke went on a massive run to eventually blow it open. But Duke lost to Florida State in a game I thought they should have won. The ACC just isn't very good this year. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. not amazing. But Duke laying five, I just think it's too many points. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those games where you kind of, you take a dog like that. Anytime you take a dog against a really good team, you run the you run the possibility of looking like an absolute jack wagon. Because Duke could come in there and play their very best game. Notre Dame could get in foul trouble. And they could lose by 20. But you've you've got to take the points in the spot. That that's my thought. That's my thought. Notre Dame beat Kentucky this season at home, right? Notre Dame beat Kentucky at home. That is correct. They've had, they and we know Kentucky has the best rebounder in college for the last I don't know thirty years. Yep. Yep. So, so they, the fact that they were able to absorb that and still beat Kentucky, I think they're pretty live to beat Duke tonight. They can they can go small and and have some success if the uh, if if the other team is slow to, to make the adjustments and to match up with them. Uh, I was going to parlay Duke money line with Memphis plus the points with no Embiid. You and I talked about that Memphis. That's one of those situations where there's been a seven-point swing in the line, right? Or eight. What is it now? Uh, I was at four. That was my play today. I yeah. got Memphis plus four. Okay. And now they're minus three and a half. So, and yeah. people might say, a seven and a half point line move for one player. What are you nuts? I think the line should be closer to six. Yep. I really don't know how Philly keeps this game close. You can talk about a one player is not supposed to be worth that many points. Embiid is worth all the points and more because he's just that good. And the supporting cast is not. It's also worth men- worth mentioning they played earlier this season. Embiid did not play in the first meeting. And Memphis won at home by 30-plus points. So I think Philly gets absolutely steamrolled in this game. Give me the Grizzlies winning this game by double digits. I really don't know how Philly keeps it close. Unless Tobias Harris goes nuts, right? which is pretty unlikely. You have Ja, Bain's good. Even Jackson and Adams are phenomenal rim protectors. I don't know if Philly's going to score. What are they supposed to do? Besides get hot from three. Yeah, it's all about Harris. If 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 Harris 
is it like just 30 plus they're screwed philly should get run out i think you'd agree with that i would i like i like the i like the grizz there buddy i really yeah. do i might put a bigger substantial play in the money line i i hammered the plus four pretty hard on the overnight because it was mostly three and a half i found a four on caesars so i took it but i might have to go back to the well with the money line there because I just feel like you're getting such a great deal getting one of the hottest teams in the league that's playing such a great brand of basketball right now yep. against a Philly team that's been struggling against weaker opponents. They won games, but they were trailing against Sacramento. They were trailing against New Orleans. They have not looked great. And when Embiid's putting up 35 and 12 every single game and you're still barely beating some of these bad teams, it means your supporting cast stinks. Well, and Memphis has been Memphis has been fantastic as an underdog, which they were, and they've also been really good on the road. They're seventeen and seven ATS uh, in the in the uh, in the road on the road. So yeah. you got you got to like that. Uh, I like the money line, but Elliot, to answer your question, I would stay away from Duke money line. I really do like Memphis, but I do think that Duke is in a little bit of an upset of work tonight. Yep, agreed. JC Stone asking about sacks for the Rams. Can they get can they get five on Burrow? Well, I'm trying to think what the number is because I know that for sacks you can take alternatives. It's probably going to be where you can usually find a two and a half for a team, but you can usually find some alternative prices, four and a half or five. I think it's going to be or three, take three and a yeah, half for Burrow, or take individual players. And I think if you want to go for Donald to get a sack, I don't mind it. A Leonard Floyd, even a Von Miller, who mm -hmm. of course won World, who won a Super Bowl MVP, so we know he's not exactly afraid of the moment. They really should get after Burrow. They really should. Now, what Burrow did against the Chiefs, besides a run occasionally, was get rid of the ball quickly, which is kind of how you negate that, is if you get the defense to either A, expect a quick pass, or B, even throw in some screens, which were really successful against Kansas City yesterday. I think that's going to be the counter. But for 60 minutes, that defensive front should get to Burrow, I'd say, Four times minimum. Yeah, yeah, I think four. Four is your number there. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Torvik says, "I live in Memphis. It's super exciting to see the Grizz winning." Absolutely, dude. Absolutely, Memphis is a great town. I, uh, I, I like, uh, I like a lot of things. That they, 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 Matthew, do they still play in the Pyramid, or have they moved on? You ever, you ever seen the Pyramid in Memphis, Scott? It's right there on the river. Well, they're in the FedEx Forum now. Is it is it renamed or is it is it a different arena? That I don't know. Okay, but I know they're in the FedEx Forum. Okay, very good. Um. Torn between taking Memphis to cover or just lay the 175 for the money line. I think my advice for you, Elliot, is that if you are willing to just shell out money, regardless of what the odds are, just take the money line. If you're torn between the spread and the money line, you could always just bet more on the money line if you're that confident. It's the title of our new show, Only Losers Pay Juice. Just saying, because if you are not sure if they're going to cover three and a half, but you are pretty sure they're going to win the game, then why not just bet more on them to win the game? Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, Matthew. That's my logic. Matthew Torrey said the pyramid is a Bass Pro now. Oh, dude. Yeah. Um, I can see if I if I go out of my apartment, climb the hill, I can see Bass Pro from my house. So I'm a big fan. Scott, you ever been to Bass Pro? Of course. Have you? Where at? Where do they have? One? I've been. Uh, they have. Oh, you mean the store? Yeah. Yeah, they have at a mall in New York. Oh, okay. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's a. If, if you ever get a chance to go to one of the standalones, they're really cool, dude, with the big aquarium and all the shit in there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. All right, man, let's uh, let's get rocking here, buddy. You and I need we need to rally, brother. We'd we'd been hot. 
We started talking about how hot we were, and then boom, we've uh, we've. What happened? We lost one in a row. I know. Ooh. I, well, you know what? We're Ooh. we're like the Chiefs, buddy. We're used to putting those strings together. Anytime we lose, it's a surprise. So, it's back to you today, my friend. We had uh, we had Charlotte, and they uh, what they do? It Scott, looked they, really they, good. They, yeah, they, and then they blew a twenty point lead. And Andy Reid stepped in and said, uh, "You know, we need to take the air out of the ball." And uh, yeah, they blew a twenty point lead. So. Let's get to it, my friend. Let's find out what we've got cooked up for today. It's Monday, but we're ready to rock and roll. So put your straw hats on, put your overalls on, strap them up. Might we might see some company. So make sure you got your overalls, both straps done, and get ready. Once you climb aboard your tractor, your John Deere, not your Husqvarna, no, your John Deere, the Mean Green. Get up there, get up there, and get ready to bet the farm. All right, no banjo music today, Scott. Get it started for us, buddy. It's back to you. So we're going to go back to college, and we're going to look at a matchup between Drexel and UNC Wilmington. And UNC Wilmington's been one of my favorite teams so far this season. We're going back to them. We're taking them on the money line at around minus 122. Wilmington's been one of the hottest teams in the country. They've won 11 in a row, and they are 10-1 ATS during that stretch. So that tells me the odds makers have really mispriced this team for the entire season. Drexel has lost four of its last seven games. Wilmington is 8-0 straight up in conference games, currently the best team in the CAA. And UNC Wilmington is 8-1 straight up and 6-1 ATS at home. You're just going to give me the best team in the conference at home at a minus 122 on the money line against a team that's lost four of seven? Sure. Thank you. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Log it up. UNC Wilmington Seahawks on the money line, minus 122. Could have had it minus one and a half at minus 108. We decided the extra 14 cents was worth it just to buy us. You can take the spread if you want it. We're just going to go with the money line. Yep, yep. Either way, we recommend. So, all right, that's going to do it for our first post-chief season show. (laughs) It's going to do it for Monday, everybody. Uh, We do thank you very much for stomping by. Don't forget to, uh, once again, check out our pals, Chris King. And Jim Williams doing uh, just parlays over there, 1.30 p.m. Eastern every single day. Uh, check out all of our sports betting partners, our sportsbook partners there in the show notes. Make sure you hit those links. Get free money. We highly recommend. There's, there's no catch. Like it's, it's not like the bonus situation where you got to roll over. You got to make so many bets. This is an actual free fucking bet. So uh, I know Scott's taking advantages up there, up there in New York. So we highly recommend that you do the same. All right, you guys have a great day. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to stop by each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as Scott and I will guide you on your journey as we all attempt to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.